I started reading The Four Agreements again yesterday. I read it so long ago. I knew it was a good book. I remember how it felt when I was reading it. Um, it was one of like the first things to kind of dive into that I would suggest when you're doing self-development or some kind of, you know, you're trying to make some changes. I, I definitely would go to those books. Um, I remember it was like uh, The Alchemist, Four Agreements, uh, The Power of Now. Those are kind of your basic ones kind of to, to get an understanding more about yourself and what's going on and how to kind of change your perspective. But uh it was such a good book, and um, I only did the first couple chapters. I uh, just got right through the first agreement. But in the very beginning, it talks about um, life being like a dream. And I've been kind of interested in sleep and dreams and all that kind of stuff recently. And, uh, I'm trying to learn how to sleep better. Uh, I think what happened was like um, a couple years ago when Kyler got diabetes, uh, he, he's got like a this Dexcom that tells him what his number is and there's alarms at night if he goes too low or too high and I'm scared if he goes too low he'll die so it's a huge fear of mine so for a long time I kind of I think always slept with one eye open so I never never really got some quality sleep um, but recently I've been taking some different supplements and some things and learning more about sleep so I've been doing uh, these like basically new habits on sleeping better and it's working um, but dreaming and all that kind of stuff has been something that I haven't ever really been good at. I, uh, I never really remember my dreams. Um, when I look at my watch for like how good my sleep is, I barely got any deep sleep. And my memory always sucks. So like, it's like there's a tie to that. And, uh, and um, some books I've read and all that kind of stuff. So I'm doing the best to have better sleep. And recently I've had a couple cool dreams. So I'm like, all right, maybe I'm back in the game. And uh, Katie and I were talking about uh, putting a journal on the side of our beds to, because she dreams awesome. She has like action dreams. She has like, she wakes up and she's exhausted from how much she had to like run away and, you know, fight bad people. Like the stuff that she has dreams about, it makes me jealous because I wake up and I'm like, I just remember closing my eyes and I woke up and it's just like, I didn't have any of that. Uh, so I get, I get jealous of her experiences. But the other day I had a dream and even though I got up several times because of Kyler's alarm and all that, um, I still slept, I can like slipped back into the dream and it was a cool dream. It was like, uh, it was very weird. It's like, I know where I was going when I was closing my eyes. I'm like, I'm going back there. And I went back and it was kind of like lucid in a way. I, I can't really explain it, but it was, a uh, so cool and it was and i wondered like what if you got to the point where you got so good at sleeping so good at dreaming that you would just dreaming just what you do it's like an activity it's like i'm gonna go dream and uh freaking i'm i'm flying somewhere and you can go fly somewhere whatever that'd be cool if you can change that experience but um the beginning of the book ties into dreaming being like this is all a dream all we're doing it's like a human experience it's like a dream it's like uh, God's way to express himself in different characters and different uh, perspectives. It's like we're all the same thing. We all Because there's some people that you meet and you like instantly connect with them. It's like, what is that? Something about you that I see. It's like I see myself in you, right? So if you look at everybody like you are just you in a different set of eyes, you can have more empathy, more compassion and, and realize that. 
We're all just trying to figure this out. And although we think it's really, really long, our life, it's really not. It's like a blink of an eye. Just like when you're in a dream, the dream goes on forever. And you think it's a long, it's been a long time in that dream. It's like time stops when you're dreaming, right? And then depending on, depending on, um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, so it seems real long, but then when you wake up, you, it was like, I just went to sleep. So, but you always wake up like the movie Inception. You don't know what happened in the beginning and all that kind of stuff. And then you don't know how you got to where you got. It's just there. So I look at dreams now, kind of, maybe it's all that is that is there too. It's just like, this seems all long. It's like a video game. It's like you go to play the video game and you keep on, you keep on starting up where you left off. You saved it. You went to bed and you woke up. So it's just, it's nuts, but I'm trying to learn how to sleep better and dream better. And uh, it was just cool to pick up that book and it's exactly kind of what I'm in and how he talks about it. It's um, it's really awesome. But I only uh, read uh, Be Impeccable With Your Word. So that's the first thing I can now focus on. You know, um, when I did self-development, it was, uh, I did this thing called Landmark. And if I kind of dial it all down to like one thing, it's just, you know, kind of having integrity. Uh, so being impeccable with your word, you know, living with authenticity, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, do what you say, say what you do. We don't really do that very much. We we lie to ourselves and, you know, we lie to each other and there's all deception there. We're basically, you know, casting spells. It's another thing on the book. You're casting spells on somebody, you know, with your words and realizing that, hey, you saying one thing um, – like my son was singing and I told him that, can you just, I mean, I'm having a bad day. And this is an example in the book. Mom just had a bad day and a headache and her daughter was expressing herself and singing and, and, and you know, and having a good time. And, and although she had a good voice, she made her headache feel worse. And then um, she kind of like interrupted her daughter and said, you know, can you, you know, yelling or tell her to stop. You have an ugly voice. Just cut it out. And from that moment on, you plant, you like, you, you change, you can change their whole life. You can plant a seed in them and make them never want to sing again because they don't want to, they think that everybody else is going to be, you know, have that same feeling and have an ugly voice. So it's like, how many times do we do that to our kids? How many times does that happen to us? You know, and it's just with that word, we have such a huge power and force to other people. We can change people's whole lives by saying one thing. You know, if we're being a dick and we're, you know, and and we say something to somebody, it really can. And I know I've done that to Kyler. You know, I said a few things. I'm trying to try to back it up. And I'm trying to like have redemption and, and kind of instilling in him, instilling him. The exact opposite, the good stuff, because I, I know that I've said some things in the past. So it's like, how do you rewrite that? I remember stuff when I'm when I was a little kid, of things that were said to me, of those embarrassing moments that changed everything. Those ones stick. So anytime you have a, you know, you have this, uh, you go through these memories, you're trying to find a file. It's like that one's right there in the front. 
it's a headline. So, you know, it's, it's really, we, we do that to each other all the time. And it's, and it's kind of, it's sad, but it, it really is. There's agreements that we all, we, there's a being in us that just does, wants to be free. Exactly with everything going on right now, with all these, you know, COVID vaccinations and all this kind of stuff and politics. It's just like we are just being like the gossip that's being spread is referred to the book. It's like a virus in a computer. It's what it is. It's like we the gossip is like the worst thing ever. But we intentionally want to listen to that stuff and we feed it to each other. You know, like that's it's not a good thing. You're putting a you're putting a, an opinion about something in somebody that's not necessarily theirs. You're planting that idea into them to let it to let it grow into something in their minds so that we can all kind of be alike. It's like that's when you realize it's like we all have this the agreements are we all have these agreements in life. You know, when we grew up, our parents, they, they, they tell us when we're good, when we're bad. What, what to do, what not to do. So they're, we're all just having this agreement. Like the word desk. It's like, here's an agreement in the English language. A desk is a desk. This is a desk. That's an agreement. So we also have all these other agreements that are not always good. Who to love, who not to love, who to, you know, who to judge and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, we're all just a factor of a, a collection of agreements. There's like, a, you know, family agreements, there's social agreements, there's global agreements, there's like a human experience agreements. We all just have this agreement in this, in what they say, this dream of life. So we can now kind of take what, we, what we've been instilled and kind of analyze it, but we can rewrite new agreements that put us on a path better in our lives. And... Um, you can rebuild that. I mean, that's all possible. You can change everything about it. So anyway, it's good to freaking go back to other books and reread these things because I was a different person when I read that a long time ago. I didn't really understand it so much. But now that I do and consciously being able to kind of like change that experience and just like I did with sleep, I want to sleep better. So I really dive into it. I kind of get obsessed with it. And now I'm sleeping a lot better. I'm having dreams again. And uh, I know it sounds so stupid, but it's like a third of our lives, and we underrate it so much. A good night's sleep, having seven to eight hours, it's like, that's not cool anymore. It's like, staying up is like, cool, and depriving yourself of sleep. We're the only species that does that. So, <clears throat> it's um, it's cool to be able to kind of go back through this book, have another, another look at my agreements in my life, and make some pivotal changes to, so I can be kind of a better person. That's what it's all about, right? Just keep on changing and pivoting and pitching the sale differently. So if you haven't read The Four Agreements, just read it. It's like 100 pages. You can do it in a freaking day, in a weekend, in a week, whatever. So I don't know. Little tip. Regret is a uh, hard thing to live with. I think it's actually the worst thing to live with. To be sitting, you know, when you're older, you know, in your older years, maybe on a rocking chair, looking back on something that you regret. 
I think that's like the worst feeling that you can possibly have. And, uh, you know, I had my face in it too for many years. There's a lot of things, you know, that have happened and I was able to work through. But there was one thing that um, I completely regret in my life. Um, See, just about two weeks ago, I lost my uncle. Because 
the character can't be honest. The character's a liar. The character's a deceiver. The character's a manipulator. The character, that's the character that I've been playing. And it's been very ingrained in me. And my chance to freedom was just to be able to kind of say the truth. Say what happened. What did I do? And I'm sorry. And I wish I could take it back. But I can't. I can't even face it. With, with him. Because before he even got a chance, he dies. So I, I miss that opportunity. live with that. But what do you do with regret? What do you do with something you can't face? When, how can you allow it to lose power in your life so that the character that I built doesn't have to be anymore? That character could die with that as well. I don't have to be that character anymore. I realize the impact. How much impact did that really have on him? Could that have had an impact that Stuck with him so much, he made different kinds of decisions. Hey, he was deceived by his own family, you know? How come? Da, da, da. Like, how much did that wear on him? You look at it. Could, without that situation or exposed in that situation and made right and reconciled, could that have changed the course of his life in some way, shape, or form? I don't know. But it runs through my head. The only way I can think of allowing it to lose power is to actually use its power for the better of myself to become clean with that to repent on what you know what I've done I can't take it back I necessarily I can't but I can become a whole nother person that in lieu of this situation I can become brand new and kill that character as well the character doesn't serve me character obviously has caused a lot of pain has you know put my path in a certain trajectory has restricted the flow of you know any kind of restricted the flow of energy that could be applied into making a better me but I can't live two lives anymore we can't create these characters we create these characters something bad happens we lock into the character and we allow it to control our lives switching back and forth it's like, who are you really? You know, without these, these things are just here. These things that we've done when we were kids, they, you know, they stick with us. There's moments that have happened in my childhood that have ingrained in me and caused me to be a certain kind of person. It's like, how do you, how do you face that? We don't know how to deal with these emotions. We got to find the root of them, pull them out, and then kind of, you know, pivot, do the best we can to move in a new direction, become a different person, shed that skin, shed that armor, expose it, be vulnerable to it, and kind of, and become brand new, you know, lean into that, it's the only way that I guess you can get rid of regret, is making that be something that changes your life, you know, you have a bad breakup, with someone and then you don't use that as the, depre- the the reason that you're depressed. You use that as a way as this hurts. I never want to feel this again. How do I change myself in, in whatever I've done in this position to never be that person again so I don't carry that person with me on and on and on so that breakup doesn't always have to follow me to the next relationship and 
that pattern keep on clicking in, clicking in. There's always a pattern involved. And when something happens, you have the choice of taking the on-ramp, doing the same thing every time, or getting off the road and doing something different and changing your path so that that's no longer a part of your, that's in the rear view. That's no longer a part of what's ahead of you. It doesn't make you who you are. So it's like, it's weird. It's weird because it takes sometimes moments like this. It takes rock bottom. It takes being able to look at yourself, look at a monster that you've been, what the you know, the choices that you've made have impacted not only you, but the people around you. Is that really who you want to be? Or are you just caught in a pattern? Are you caught in an addiction? Are you caught within these shackles of the imprisonment that you create for your own self? I don't know. All I do know is... I no longer want to live with that shadow following me. I don't want that. It literally allows me to play small. I avoided being the best I could because I couldn't have respected myself self-love like always deep down there's always a judgment that you don't you know is there but you don't always look at it like it's the real thing it's the real judgment that you're looking in on yourself and you say I don't like who I've become I don't like who I who I am based on what I've done how can anybody see differently than that like you'll take the kind of abuse that you give yourself so it's like if you feel ashamed it's hard to find that self-love from someone else's perspective. You know, the saying that I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. So you create a character. Think of me like this. Don't see me for who I truly am because you wouldn't like who I truly am. I don't even like who I truly am. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of the things I've done. I'm ashamed of the things that have happened to me in my past. I'm ashamed of the things that I've done. And I had to live with that. But the first part about living with that is becoming vulnerable to who that was. Like, that wasn't me. In the situation that I grew up in with my circumstances and decisions I've made and the character I've become, I acted on that. So I did what that character would have done. I thought if you had those thoughts and my experiences, you would make that decision too. You know, I didn't have the capacity to see it in different uh, perspectives. I didn't have that. You know, that took a long time to understand, to grow, and to, you know, to have real conversations with myself. I sit with a pencil, and I write in a journal, and I am real with myself about what is going on. What am I doing? How do I fix this? Who am I? Does this all make sense? And it's like, you're like a detective trying to find yourself, so it's real hard. You know, but it takes being able to explore these situations and say, I'm not going to become a victim within this. I got to find a way to get out of this. How can I use this as fuel to go forward so that this is no longer a problem in my life? Because my life with this is an inevitable. Like it will continue. It's going to be the next pattern. You're going to keep continuing to do the same things you've been doing for years. Nothing's going to change. Just all looks familiar. It's the same episode. You know, we got to look. Who 
who that person become, who you are being in that person, and because of that, the inevitable future that will happen. And say, well, my life would be so much better without that. Okay, well, how do I get my life better without that? You gotta use it for, you gotta use that as a fuel to, to move forward, to stay away from, you know? I won't beat my kids because I was beat. That kind of thing. I wasn't beat, by the way, I was lucky. But, in my opinion, I wasn't paid attention to. I didn't feel like my feelings mattered growing up. So then I become this boy that doesn't think he's loved in his home. Is it real? No. I just didn't understand any different. I didn't understand my father and he had to love me somehow. He was doing it the best way he possibly can. He was beat when he was a kid. So how does that translate to having kids when you're beat? And you're like, I don't want to beat anybody. That's not how I'm going to raise. But I was also never paid attention to. So how do I... How to learn how to have that connection. So then I have a kid. And I consider his feelings. And I try to do everything I can to be with them and pay attention to them and change the story of where my path should go. My path should be a person that beats his kid, a person that doesn't pay attention to his child. You know, my path should be that. But it has to keep changing. With the generation, something has to start switching. And you have to start rewriting a new story of where this is going to go. Unless it's going in a great direction and you are a conductor for that and you're making it better. For me, it's not. I should be a whole different kind of person. But my story is I got out of my childhood. I got out of those experiences and I got out of the things that have started holding me back. I should be a different freaking person. I should be addicted to drugs. I should be, you know, I've had a record. I should have all these different things. But I wanted more for myself. So it's you have to make the changes and create the life that is meaningful to you. That That is a fertile ground for new growth and soil of, you know, any kind of seed to be planted. And then you tend to it. And you pull the weeds. This is a freaking weed. What happened to me and these things are weeds. I have to pull them out like I have to tend to that garden so it's a real thing you know things happen but we have to be gentle with ourselves we have to have empathy and realizing that we're just trying to figure this shit out we are we are just a product of our environments and we're all just trying to get love but again how do you find love when you don't love yourself why would you love me I don't love myself Like, that's a real thing. That causes relationships to fail. That causes you... That causes you being part of... You being abandoned so you can make your story true. Like, that's a real thing. I've lived with that. You know? I've had my stories. My mom and dad split up when they were young. My mom moved to Florida. My story is that she abandoned me. But she didn't. Two parents didn't make it. One had to do something. The other one had to take the kids. We split the time. But you create a story. So my story is, as a kid, my dad doesn't love me. My mom left. Let me follow my grandparents. They were an example. They were a role model for me. They helped me get out. And that was my story. It's not true. It's just what I created. But as you grow and you can look inside and see things for what they are and don't make a meaning to them, that's not abandonment. That's not, that's not dislove, unattachment. That's not none of that. 
will then keep rewriting itself and you instill it in your kids. I never wanted that because my story needed to be different. I needed to be more like my grandparents growing up. They were my role models. But of course, they didn't know everything. They didn't know how to do everything. Yeah, you know, they were you know, parents that possibly, you know, spanked their kids. And they thought that that was cool. Back in those days, that was. It was the way it was. It's the way it, it was back then. My dad's a product of that. I'm a product of my environment. But my kids are going to be a product of the environment that I create. So I have to change in order to be the kind of person that that leader in a family has to be. I have to rewrite my story as a character, as myself, as a hero, right? I got to rewrite that story and become the kind of person, character that I would need to be to be the kind of person that I would always want to be, which was my grandfather growing up. Who was he to me? He was my hero. Followed him. I knew he was my way out because I didn't want to live in the life that, that I was in. And I don't want this to continue. I don't want my kids to feel like this. But I don't know how to do it. It's like the blind leading the blind. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making it up. I'm trying to figure it out. Luckily, I can be vulnerable with myself and be honest and start like kind of like working through my shit. But this ain't easy. But it's shit like the little things that you feel you regret. They follow you. It's not you. You can become really whatever you freaking want to become. I sat this morning and wrote down all of the things that I've achieved. I've always wanted to create something. I look at my family. It's like, all right, look what you created. But I don't look at that. Like, it's like I'm actively doing it. But maybe I don't put so much weight on that. But that's a freaking huge accomplishment. Holy shit. I got out of my fucking story. Yeah, me and my my ex didn't make, make it work. And, you know, we were a broken home. Story starts to continue. But in the process of that, we got to rewrite. We can't be hating each other. We can't not get along. So we become friends. And we mend our families together. And we're already rewriting the story of our own family of what we should be. I should hate her. That's all I've known growing up. I've known my mom and my dad. They didn't like each other. They didn't communicate. They didn't work it out. You know, we didn't have joint uh, holidays together. We didn't do that. Send you off two months. Go see your mom. Come back when you're done. Like, that's the way it was. But it wasn't the way that I was going to make it happen. I got I got kids that I know will be impacted by the little things that have happened. I know that they're going to be created. I know that they're going to be what, you know, what they grow out of, what they write their story as. What's my son's story? I start seeing his, you know, self-esteem. And I start seeing that, you know, it's hard for him. He's having a hard, rough life. He's got diabetes. He's got a lot of things to his story that's like, you know, for him could be a downfall. And then he's writing that story right now. But it's like, damn, how do I, how do I in the moment get you to realize that you're writing a story that's going to continue on? The echoes of this are going to keep on continuing. I know who you're going to become if you continue this, you know, these actions. So how do I instill this? I'm trying my hardest to figure out my shit so that he doesn't, he doesn't go through all this. Well, maybe... I don't know. It, it did also grow me, so was it a bad thing? I don't know. We all need to have pain, and we all need to have adversity to, to, to grow out of and grow from. So, you know, he has all the components of that. We all have a story to tell, but we don't have to be 
the things that we have done. We don't have to, you know, live in regret. We can repent the things that we've done, realizing that it's just from a product of what what we've become. I know you'd, if you wrote your if you wrote who you wanted to be, it wouldn't be the person that you are. A lot of times, it wouldn't be those actions. We slip up. You're running these patterns. You know, a character jumped in and started and started playing the scene. But we can understand that we can bench those people. We can get rid of those characters. They don't serve us anymore. That character I was, I created, I stuck in somehow and I, I, I dug my heels in, you know, through continuing to grow that character, like feeding the character rather than feeding myself. That grows. That becomes my ego. Because it's ego versus self. I guess if you look at it, it's a battle between you and you. So it's important to use situations that have happened in your life as turning points, pivots, checkpoints, dots, ways and opportunities for you to become better than you were. And that's the only way that I see that you can make it out of regret with pride. That you investing in yourself to be better and better every day.